This episode was recorded on April 4th and March 27th. This episode is also the first one we've ever done, so do expect some changes the next time around. Anyways, enjoy the show. Welcome to Here's a Question with hosts Lex Wu and Kyle Hua. I would put a recap here, but I don't have anything to say, so enjoy the show. Both Kyle and I use public transportation to get to school. The main difference is what types of transportation we use. While Kyle uses a subway because he lives in New York, I take a school bus because there isn't enough demand to warrant something like a subway. Together, we both discussed how the funding of public transportation has impacted our daily lives as students. Keep in mind that while we use different systems, the distance of our commutes is almost identical. Hi Kyle! Hey Lex, how are you doing? Good, you? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm doing pretty good too, yeah. Alright, good to be on this podcast, I think. (laughs) Here's a question for you. Has your commute to school gone harder? Because mine definitely has compared to last year. Okay, well, looking at my previous commute from uh, middle school and last year, definitely yes. In middle school, I would have to walk to school for around four blocks or like 0.2 miles. And of course, since we were all going to school remotely last year, I didn't have to walk to school. So I just had to go downstairs to the living room. But now, yeah, it's definitely gotten harder. If you look at it like that, since the commute itself is around 30-ish to 45-ish minutes via subway, and you have to worry about when the train comes, if there are going to be delays, of which the extremely obnoxious and problematic ones are hardly announced, and if there are any individuals on the train that are making you question whether you should move to the next cart, although that doesn't happen very often, and etc. But I think there's an aspect to the significant amount of time for a commute to distance yourself between uh, school and home mentally, perhaps. Like, keeping a good work, in this case school, life balance, is what it kind of does, you know? A bit of a mentally signifying boundary of, okay, I'm taking the train from school and going home, and transitions, at least for me, between the two worlds. But anyway, how hard has your commute been? For me, it's gotten harder because our school district has cut buses to our towns. Originally, we got served by two buses, now we're only served by one. That, along with the fact that there's no redundancy in case there's another route that needs to be picked up by our driver, means that I'm often getting home over 30 minutes later compared to carpooling with another person. It also makes me slightly envious that the other school district that also runs buses has over 18 of them that are almost completely empty. This has resulted in a bus that has covered 13 square miles running for more than an hour. During the winter months, this often means that we walked home for half a mile in darkness. I'm sure you've heard more of this in the news. I've read all about them even though I don't live in New York, but given the recent attacks on the subway, do you still feel safe taking the subway? I mean, it usually depends on what kind of time you're taking the train along with where. So for instance, there are specific hours for specific places where the subways take a huge influx of passengers, and for me, that's dismissal time from school. And with a couple of thousand students, there's not going to be a lack of kids taking the train to go home. 
And with lots of people on board of you, you kind of feel more safe, which is the kind of vibe slash feeling I've learned throughout going to school by myself and that my parents have taught me since we live in a relatively big city, with it being New York. Whereas if you're the only person in a car with a, I guess, suspicious, for the lack of a better word, person, you might feel unsafe in that situation. But in general, I feel pretty safe since not many incidents have happened in the train station I usually take, and I don't really think the crux of New York transportation really happens there. So the likelihood isn't too high, I don't think. I was also looking at the statistics of your subway line. Your line has a higher platform time, meaning you, on average, have to wait longer. Your line also has higher delays between scheduled time and arrival compared to the average. Also, the train car you take has higher rates of failure compared to newer ones being placed on lines like the Queens Boulevard line. What are your thoughts on that? Well, given my student metro card that only gives you three rides per day, I don't really have many options, and I guess to adapt a quote of a quote, from the Anthropocene Reviewed by John Green. You have to take something, you know? But I mean, it's alright, sometimes it's pretty good, sometimes it's going to be a bad day going home, but in the end, you still have to go home and take the train, so. So, if you're feeling like you're getting home later and barely getting to school on time, you're not alone. Next, a game we'll be calling, Is This Fake News or Real News? But first, a message from our sponsors. Don't go away, we'll be back after this break. In between the time that we've recorded and published this segment, First Student, the bus company that runs our buses, has swapped out aging ones for newer ones similar to the ones used by the upper district. This does make the bus ride slightly more bearable, but does not negate the fact that the bus still takes a very wrong route most days. This podcast was distributed by Anchor by Spotify, allowing you to distribute your podcast to Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Check it out at anchor.fm. This episode was also supported by listeners like you. Thanks for listening. We'll be back after this break. And we're back. Here's a question. Is this fake news or real news? Here's how to play. You'll be asked whether a headline or event found on the internet is real or fake. For bonus points, you can try and name the source of the article. You'll be given five articles, and you only need to get five points to win. Ready to play? Yes, I am. <laughs> Your first article is, Lindsey Graham bursts into confirmation hearing with rifle, demands senators free the children now. Do you think that's real or fake? I mean, I feel like that's fake? You're correct. For bonus points, try and guess the source. Nice. Hmm. <laughs> Wait, there is a source? I don't know, USA Today. <laughs> They're a pretty trustworthy company. Do you want to try another one? Okay, well, uh, is it The Onion? Yes, it is The Onion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I got on the second try. <laughs> no. Your second article is, after years of rivalry, Uber puts NYC taxi cabs on this app. Have, I don't know, have New York City taxi cabs been the rivals of Uber? I mean... I feel like it's fake, although that could also be me not knowing enough so that it may also be real. So I'm kind of teetering on between uh, if it's real or fake. That's but the point of the I'm game. I'm going to go with uh, it's real. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with it's fake. It's actually real. Oh my god, what? <laughs> 
right. don't for- right. I forget the oh, source. Oh, minus five points for me then. <laughs> no. Your third article is a man smuggled 1,700 reptiles from Mexico and Hong Kong. I feel like that's extreme enough to possibly be real. <laughs> but I don't know. Are there even reptiles in Hong Kong? Because I know there's definitely lizards and stuff in Mexico. But Hmm. Well, I'm going to go with... Be- I don't know. I feel like because included the part about Mexico that the Hong Kong part might also have to be true. So I'm going to go with uh, it's real. You're correct. Your fourth event is... Ted Cruz asks Katanji Brown Jackson if he could challenge Harvard discrimination by identifying as an Asian person. Well, <laughs> little did you know that I, th- I think I heard about this in the news, so I'm going to say it's real. Yes, it is. <laughs> Your fifth article is Nintendo announcing all still functioning Wii's will self destruct in 2023. Hmm. I feel like that's kind of uh, far fetched, so. I'm gonna go with fake. <laughs> You're correct. Now can you guess the source? Wait, have you reused, uh, like, sources? I have not reused sources. Okay, so, it can't be The Onion. And I have no other idea what news, uh, hmm. Uh, it's called Hard Drive. It actually went viral because people actually thought it was real. Uh. Uh, back in early March. Slash late February. Oh yeah, I think I heard about that. Dang. Okay. Well, that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) For the record, this is a mostly satirical part of our show and should not be taken seriously. In our world of technology, we've seen massive platforms grow from something that barely existed when we were born. Now, we're seeing a possible consequence of this. Platforms like TikTok have captured the minds of over 1 billion users. These focus on short-term content, usually lasting one minute or less. I'll be talking about whether technology makes a commute feel shorter or not with Kyle soon. But first, I wanted to discuss whether technology has shortened our attention span. TikTok focuses on short-term content, similar to what Vine used to do. That line just was so awkward. TikTok focuses on short-term content. Yeah. TikTok TikTok focuses on short-term content, similar to how Vine used to do it. This keeps the mind engaged because it gets more stimulation from watching something new every 15 seconds or so compared to watching a movie. How many people in your school watch short-term content on your way home, in your opinion? I mean, I'm not exactly very sure about the numbers, but I know that a significant amount of people do use social media apps on their way home, like TikTok or Instagram or Twitter, I guess. But, I mean, like, who really doesn't? Most of us are connected socially through those apps, so, yeah, we do use them. But, I mean, all I can really accurately answer is that I myself don't really watch uh, short-form content on my way home. I either listen to music or some podcasts, scroll through Twitter, or occasionally DM people on Discord. I can personally say that everyone on the bus I take home watches it except me. We're focusing on whether keeping our minds stimulated makes a commute feel shorter in our next segment, but for now, we'll talk about our attention spans. When people talk a lot, we used to be able to listen. This was because our minds could process all of this information. 
Now it's almost as if we are completely numb to this information. Do you think this is a sign that people need to adapt to a faster paced world? Or that we should set our minds back towards being able to process information from speeches like monologues for long periods? Well, first off, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> well, I suppose that it's a bit based on what mode of transportation people use. Like, if people were to take the train, they'd be going underground most of the time, and they won't have really good con reception. And compare this to taking a bus or car, which would give you good reception, but also some significant amount of time to kill. And so in a car or bus, you might watch a YouTube video or go on TikTok or something. And of course, while you're on a train, you're, you're also above ground in the more local areas, so you can also get reception there. But I don't feel like we're becoming numb to information, or at least to my knowledge, since most of the people that I interact with on a day-to-day -day basis aren't like that. And so it might also be a matter of the type of people that y you see. You know, like, I think you told me that, how should I phrase this? You're, school's demographics are pretty homogenous, but generally I'm not exactly sure if that's a sign of whether people should find a need to adapt to a faster-paced world. Lots of people in my school have pretty normal conversations, and I feel like your, your attention span doesn't cross upon all matters of life, right? But I will say that having shorter pieces of information could be more per efficient, perhaps, since you don't have to distill long stretched out pieces that may only have a single point that could could have been explained in a couple of minutes. I'm probably adding too much nuance here, but I think you get my idea. <laughs> yeah, so on the topic of cars, more people than ever use a phone to help navigate an area compared to using a physical map of the area. This means that the GPS stimulates their mind while they drive by giving them new information about their route as they get closer compared to having all of the necessary information when you're using an atlas. This is especially prevalent in a feature Waze promotes, changing routes based on new information and telling you to take exits. While it is inherently dangerous by changing something supposedly fixed in a short amount of time, people still utilize the faster routes that Waze gives them, even if it means endangering traffic. Do you think this suggests that Waze is prying off the possibility that people of our age aren't able to keep something boring or fixed in our minds? I mean, I'm not exactly periods? an expert on this, but I feel like it's down to the bias towards the more efficient or easiest means of transportation, since you'd want to get to where you have to go in a relatively quick and painless manner. So spending a couple of minutes studying a map or Alice may be a bit useless. Like, if you're going somewhere that you would only need to go to once in your lifetime, or perhaps once a year or so. Overall, I don't really think it suggests that, though. On the actual train, you'll find little animations adjacent to the route map, and you'll find cycling advertisements on the display on the window. Additionally, the route display on the exterior of the train cycles through multiple bits of information. As an example, if you were taking an F train down towards Coney Island, you'd find the words Queens Boulevard Express, 6th Avenue Local, Culver Line, and Coney Island cycling constantly on the sides of a train. Though this does give more information compared to the fixed signs present on older trains such as those found on the D train, do you think that this information could be mesmerizing to people unfamiliar with the system? I mean, I don't think it's that mesmerizing per se, it just names a place of the- it, it says the name of the place that it's at or going to, and I think that with the updating place names, it'll probably be more efficient or easier to get accurate information about where the train is heading, since you might know as- <laughs> The MTA speakers on trains aren't very good. Can you still say this leads to a shorter attention span because we're used to being given information at such a fast pace that we're numb to fixed information? 
I think uh, from more information dense or time condensed media, your attention span could probably be shortened due to it, but probably not from the place names on the side of a train. Overstimulation is found in many aspects of our lives these days, from our commutes to our phones. However, some stimulation is necessary for us to get where we need to go sometimes. Our attention span has been impacted by increasingly dense informational sources. We'll be discussing that after this quick break. Here's a game we like to call Stolen from the Reference Books. You get one point if you get it right, you lose one point if you get it wrong. You ready to play? Define Mallow Seismic. A. A place with relatively low earthquake counts. B. A place where music actively affects earthquakes. C. A place where people are more likely to sleep. D. A place that suffers from lots of earthquakes. Hmm, so I can tell from the, I'm not sure if it's either a suffix or a root word, but seismic, I know, deals with earthquakes somehow. So I don't think it's Sioux. And mallow is kind of close to mellow, which I know is close to music. So I'm going to guess B, a place where music actively affects earthquakes. That's incorrect. It's D, a place that suffers from lots of earthquakes. <laughs> what is a colo colo? A, a small striped and spotted cat in western Chile. B, a translation of Coca-Cola in Portuguese. C, a type of color for rabid animals. Or D, a type of snake native to the Sahara. Hmm. So, two of these are suggesting that's an animal name. One's a translation, and another is a type of color. So I don't think it is B, because it's saying it's a translation, and I don't feel like it would be Colo Colo, and hmm, I'm deciding on either A or D, and I'm going to guess it's A. You're correct. You're now back where you started. <gasps> nice. <laughs> what is Angola? A. A picturesque town on the coast of Argentina. B. A country... An Af what is Angola? A. A picturesque town on the coast of Argentina. B. An African country located north of Namibia. C. The former capital of North Yemen. Or D. A country in the Middle East. I don't know. Like, I recent recently had a map quiz, and I know that it is an African country, so I'm gonna guess B. You're correct. According to Wikipedia, what is the legal capital of Switzerland? A. Zurich. B. Geneva. C. Nuremberg. Or D. Legally, there is no capital. Okay, so I've heard of two of these. I've heard of Geneva and Nuremberg. And I know that Nuremberg, I think, deals with World War II. And Geneva came up with the, Gen the Geneva Convention for War? After World War One, So I think it was B, Geneva. 
That's incorrect. L you're forgetting that Switzerland is the most politically neutral country in the world. It's actually D. There is no capital, legally, of Switzerland. The fact though, it's Bern, but yes. Legally, if you look in the text, there is no capital, according to Wikipedia. What bus service does not service LaGuardia Airport? A. The M60 Select Bus Service B. The Q70 Select Bus Service C. The Q60 or D. The Q47 Alright, so this is a good question because I have no idea. <laughs> but, I mean... It may or may not be the Select Bus Service. Because half of them are and half of them aren't. But I feel like because it's it's saying select bus service that's specific to one area, maybe? Or like one route? So I guess that would be specific to one area. So I'm going to guess uh, A, M60 select bus service. It's a Q60. You're probably never going to use this yep. information in your <laughs> lifetime, but still. Because no one wants to fly out of LaGuardia, but... What New York City subway line or subway lines cross the East River on the Queensboro Bridge? A. The N, R, and W lines. B. The 7 train. C. None of them. Or D. The E and M train. Good question, because I don't know where the East River is. Definitely living up to that, <laughs> to that stereotype. But... Okay, you don't know where the East River is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. East River is where the Brooklyn Bridge and Manhattan Bridge um, cross. I think it's the end... R and W, right? None of them. Name the express subway station. A. 81st Street Museum of Natural History. B. 66th Street Lincoln Center. C. 8th Street NYU. Or D. Borough Hall. Uh, an ex wait. An express station would be a train on the express line. A station where all trains stop there. I feel like that would be B. Lincoln Center. Borough Hall. Two, three, four, and five. Ah. Uh. What company released 780 million liters of oil into the Gulf of Mexico? A. ExxonMobil B. BP C. Irving or D. Sitco Alright, so I have no knowledge of this. <laughs> Here's your hint, you may know of it as the Deepwater Horizon oil spill. That doesn't help me much, but I'm gonna guess ExxonMobil? That was up in Alaska. The correct answer is BP. Which company has a large sign at Kenmore Square in Boston? A. Holiday Inn, B. Citizens Bank, C. Sitgo, or D. Wells Fargo? Hmm, I'm gonna guess Wells Fargo. D. I'll give you one more chance. Uh, here's your hint. If you ever go to Fenway, you might see the sign. Alright. <laughs> I don't know, is it A. Holiday Inn? No. It's Sitgo. C. Ah. Until 2015, where was the only third level enclave? A. Arizona, B. The Iraq and Iran border, C. The Bangladesh and Indian border, or D. South Sudan and Sudan border? First off, wait, what is an enclave? An enclave is a country inside a country. A territory of a country inside a country. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna guess South Sudan and Sudan border. D. It was actually the Bangladesh and Indian border. Congratulations, you've earned negative six points. <laughs> uh, you now owe me money, I'm just kidding. Hey. Thanks for playing our game. Do I win anything? Uh, you lose. <laughs> you lose. Yep, it was a pleasure. <laughs>
For one week, we decided to do the unthinkable. If you noticed us not using our phones, or purposely avoiding eye contact with anything that might represent a timepiece, you might have thought that was odd. We did a little study on ourselves. Our question, does technology make our commute feel shorter? So my data wasn't very accurate at all. So like some of my guesses for the days that I didn't use ha have technology were not very close. And some of my other guesses for the days that I did use technology were closer. From what I've written down, my data either doesn't correlate to anything at all or correlates to the exact opposite of what people are led to believe. Yeah, it's definitely an inter interesting experiment to do through the week. Like, it was a nice challenge to, for me, at least, to limit going on my phone, which I suppose is a bit of a weird thing to think of as a challenge, but somehow it, it, well, it just is, you know? <laughs> Anyways... Uh, what do you think might be the reasons why the data is not suggesting uh, the original premise lacks? The fact that most people would think that the time would go faster while we're on our phones. We tend to think that using an electronic device all day makes time go faster, but my results were contrary. Mm. I felt like using my phone during my commute made it feel longer most of the time. It was definitely weird setting my phone aside the first day, but the next day was a lot easier. It turns yeah. out that looking out the window is a lot more captivating than you might think. I'd still bring my phone on a road trip, though. What did your experiment find? For me, uh, my first like initial day where I didn't use my phone or looked at the time was slightly hard slash weird. Uh, like transitioning, I guess. And my data suggested that with that technology, I feel like the commute took a bit longer. But that was only by like 8 to 10 minutes, so not exactly extreme enough to say that Without technology, it feels tremendously more boring and therefore feels longer. But uh, with technology, I was pretty close to, the, to like the actual times. I was off by like two to five-ish minutes, but like <laughs> I just wanted to point out like back to the first day, I actually guessed too early, where I guessed around 43 to 50 minutes. But it actually took like an entire hour to commute. And that may just be the weird transitioning, which is definitely not my normal routine. And yeah, the sights that go by while we make our way home are very nice to look at. I see trees, the occasional car, and grass. I feel like our definitions of sights are quite different. Well, <laughs> yeah, fair point. But I mean, sights broadly as in outside. But more locally, yes, they are very different. I I don't get very close to major roads and stuff. Then again, you are underground most of the time. Anyways, it's interesting. We both seem to think that our commutes went faster without using a bit of technology. I personally overestimated the times where I could use my phone, but really underestimated the times without. Maybe it's a good idea to sit back and think without your phone if you'd like to go somewhere faster.
And that's the end of this week's episode. Thanks for listening to Here's a Question. This week's episode was written and hosted by Lex Wu and Kyle Hua. This episode is produced by Lex Wu. If you'd like to be in an episode, send in an email. We're trying to find a third host. You'll find more information about that on our website, currentaudio.lwumedia.website. This episode was produced by Current Audio. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Mm-hmm.